This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to learn more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. Today, we listen to an excerpt from a talk Reggie offered on how the range of direct experience increases as we progress along the path of somatic meditation. He says that fear, anxiety, and apprehension in practice are often harbingers of awakening. This talk is taken from Reggie's upcoming online course called Awakening the Body, the Way of Somatic Meditation. To register for the course, please visit dharmaocean.org. Modern people, and I would say modern people, even in a very restricted sense of the last couple of decades of modern life, modern people have gradually narrowed down the field of direct experience that uh, is acceptable and tolerable to the point where, you know, I've been a university teacher for 45 years. Uh, Even before I got my PhD, I was teaching classes at the University of Chicago, teaching in classes. And I uh, had courses that I taught, you know, at uh, community colleges in the area. And um, a Catholic university. So I've been doing this a long time, and what I've noticed is over that whole period, what was acceptable experience 40 years ago has gradually been whittled down so that now uh, almost no actual human experience that is not filtered and processed and judged and manicured by our thinking mind is acceptable anymore to the wide swathe of our culture. This, uh, this kind of separation is, um, as I say, it's new, and it's also extraordinarily damaging. And the, you know, the fear of the body, the fear of the unconscious really, just to state again, is not that the unconscious itself is anything other than um, a positive reality, a, um, you know, it's our true self, it's our deepest self, it's the field of our actual human life. You know, the view that it's anything other than that is, is the problem of the thinking mind. And it's the problem of the extraordinary disconnection that we've gotten into vis-a-vis our experience and our body and our unconscious, where we view You know, we view the unconscious, we view the body and the mysteries of the body now as a tremendous threat. Many of the students that I deal with now uh, are extraordinarily intelligent people, uh, very open people, uh, people of insight, and also people who have experienced a lot of things for which this culture has no healthy explanation uh, you know, the experience of suddenly realizing that um, their ego isn't real. 
they run into a space where there's no self, there's no me. And I know psychiatrists that will diagnose that as dissociative experience and put them on antipsychotic medication. I mean, this is really uh, an extreme case, but it's bad. This is a bad situation where the medical profession, uh, at least some people, view uh, an experience that in other cultures could be seen as tremendously, uh, tremendous open door and tremendously liberating. They view it as pathological and something that needs to be medicated out of existence. This is our modern situation. And I'm bringing this up because as you make your journey with the somatic work, your field of direct experience, the range of feelings you will have, the range of emotions that you will feel, your perceptions of the universe, perceptions of your ordinary world, all of these are going to slowly, gradually, and safely, but uh, inexorably, all of these are going to broaden and deepen and become much, much more vast. And I don't want you to be afraid of that. I mean, there's going to be some fear because anytime, you know, we face the unknown, there's an element of fear. This is not a bad thing. But I don't want you to think anything's wrong. I don't want you to feel that because you, you can feel you're on the edge of a shadow land and I'm inviting you to explore that shadow land. I don't want you to feel that something is wrong, that, you're, um, that the fear you may have indicates that you need to run in the other direction. Unfortunately, in our culture today, people do not realize the healthy role played by some of the very difficult feelings and emotions such as fear, such as anxiety, uh, such even as paranoia, uh, such as uh, sadness. You know, we don't understand them or appreciate them. And uh, we, in the case of fear, you know, we feel, well, if I'm afraid, then I shouldn't be there. So, just an example, uh, I've been myself uh, doing solitary retreats for 46 years. You know, I did my first one uh, 46 years ago, and I've done them on a regular basis ever since, and many people do in our lineage, not everybody, but uh, that's, you know, part of what we offer is the experience of solitary retreat. And I must say that for every time I'm getting ready to go into retreat, even if it's just for a week or 10 days, there is an element of apprehension, anxiety, and fear. And the reason there is anxiety, apprehension, and fear is because when you go into retreat, you put your life in the hands of the unknown and you don't know what's going to happen. But you do know you're going to be coming up against your own limitations as a person and your own difficulties in opening, your own how shut down we are, uh, you know, to our world. And that, you know, that information is essential. It's what we call the ring of fire. There is, um, 
there's a ring of fire around the inner uh, realization of who you are. And that ring of fire, strangely enough, is your own neurosis, it's your own ego, but it's something that you have never seen. When you go into retreat, one of the things that is very up is you begin to see the level of self-deception that goes on. You begin to see the way in which you have been evading obvious things about yourself and your life. You begin to see the level of wishful thinking that you engage in so you don't have to actually deal with what's going on. It goes on and on. And this is the ring of fire. You can uh, hear these teachings that I'm giving you. You can be very inspired by the view, by the perspective, by the understanding, and you can get a lot out of it. But these teachings, if they're on their own without the practice, they're, um, they're on the periphery. And most of all, they're on the periphery of your own state of being. They're not, uh, they are not to be meant to be taken just in and of themselves. Although I do know for sometimes years people do that. They listen to them, they like them, they think about them. But if you want to go deeper, you have to pass through this ring of fire, which means uh, self-confrontation and beginning to see what's really going on with you. When we pass through the ring of fire, it's a very humbling experience for us. And our own uh, self-image is uh, often very deflated. Sometimes even you can become very depressed to realize uh, the person that you actually are as opposed to the person you would like to be or the person you thought you were. But the important point is that doesn't last. You're passing through a kind of purification process. The purification process is somatic meditation. Somatic meditation is the, it's the vehicle, it's the gate, it's the uh, conduit that enables us to pass from the teachings as just understood in a general level and as inspiring but not direct experience through the ring of fire and into the teachings as our own actual living human experience where we can taste and we can touch everything that I'm talking about for ourselves personally and we can experience a transformation that happens when we do that. To download more of Reggie's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats, and to explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your spiritual journey, please visit dharmaocean.org. Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet, Cry of the Snow Lion.